Hi everyone, this is Mike. Thanks for listening to this episode. We just wanted to give you the heads up that this conversation was previously recorded prior to the COVID-19 pandemic hitting the U.S. this year. So as you listen to this episode uh, and you don't hear any mention of it, that's why. However, we believe that the key takeaways from this episode are even more critical now, given the state of the world. Right now, a company's digital maturity is the single most decisive factor to determine if they're open for business or about to go out. And for those organizations who are open, their digital capability will help them look to position itself to accelerate out of this downturn. So we hope you enjoyed the conversation with our guest today and can use its key takeaways to validate your own capabilities and help position your organization for survival and growth coming out of these challenging times. Thanks and enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of This Is CX, our West Monroe Partners Customer Experience Podcast. I'm Mike Manfredo. And this is Paul Hagan. I think we've got a really, really interesting topic today. And I know that we've got a really, really interesting guest to join us. And I thought it'd be great for us to revisit a topic that everyone's talking about. We're hearing a lot out in the market, digital transformation which even though it's super hot, it's something that frankly, in some form or fashion has been around for a while and just continues to be that natural evolution of technology and business and figuring out how to do things differently. And so we are joined by Ellie Rader, director out of our Minneapolis office and part of our digital product studio to really discuss what she's seeing when it comes to digital transformation work. So Ellie, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me on guys. Long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> Very nice. Awesome. All right. Well, tell us about the kind of work that our clients are asking you to do. What are you actually seeing out there? What are the conversations you're having with our clients and the prospects? So I'll start by saying I've worked in a product studio for the last seven-ish years. It was formerly known as Go-Kart Labs here in Minneapolis and recently acquired by West Monroe now known as the Product Studio Division of West Mineral Partners. So really excited to be talking to you guys about this. Go-Kart was founded about 10 years ago in, in 2009, I guess almost 11 years ago now. And our clients came to us because they needed to be better at making digital things. And what that has meant more often than not is that what they would ask for is, can you help me build an app? Or can you help me build this platform? Or can you help me make this digital experience that is more engaging for our consumers and, and grows our business? What we came to learn over time is that they needed to be better at being digital companies. So the question comes out as, can you build me an app? But it goes a lot deeper than that. Ellie, that's really an interesting thing because it often seems to me in my mind that people, when they talk about um, transformation, talk about the shiny things and the technology. In your mind, what should your clients be asking for when they're interested in changing what they're doing and sort of catching up or rethinking what they're doing? That's a good question. I sometimes wish that they would ask for something different. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I sometimes wish they would say, can you teach me how to digitally transform? And can you work alongside my team and help them develop different skills to build better digital products? They almost never do. And it, it kind of depends on where they sit within their organization that dictates what they're asking for. So we'll work with a lot of business unit leaders 
who we work with a lot of enterprise organizations. So there will be a business unit level leader. He or she are accountable for the P&L for that business unit. They need to drive growth and revenue. They know that they need to reach their consumers digitally in a better way to create a more frictionless experience. We've worked in almost exclusively in healthcare, financial services, and education. And if you think about your day-to-day life, those are the three industries that create the most friction-filled experiences for humans. So we're trying to help them eliminate it. So the business unit leader doesn't often ask for digital transformation. They'll ask for an experience. And once we get talking to them and start to build a relationship and start to build trust, then we can start to make suggestions like, you know, if your organization was structured a little bit differently, you might be able to create better digital experiences on your own. Or if you had a different lens on your talent development or the roles that you had on your team or the way your teams were enabled to work, they might be able to build better digital products without having to rely on us forever and ever. And that that's when you start to get down into the conversations about what it really means, what the work of digital transformation really is. But it's when we talk to C-suite that they'll say, I need a strategy to transform. And I think everyone should have some kind of container or, or vision or, or goal for their company, and it should come from the top down. But I'm most interested in the work that happens in the business unit level where people actually have to change their behaviors. That's interesting. So, you know, at the core of that, when I think about what they should be asking is, how do I work differently in this digital age? And how do I think differently? And how do I structure my organization differently as a result of all of this technology change? I feel like they're kind of at the core. It's true. There's a lot of things that people, we've helped our clients think about and do differently. So one of them, and and this is usually among the first conversations as we try to write a scope together, is if you've ever built a digital product, you kind of know what you're going to make, but it's very difficult to scope exactly what you're going to make. And it's very difficult to estimate exactly what it's going to take. So if you engage a product team to build something for six months to a year to once that continue for many years, you could spend your life navigating scope changes, or you could take an outcomes approach instead of a deliverables approach. Mm. You could hire a product team to help you and say, the outcomes of this work are that we're going to have a digital experience for this audience and the behavior that we want to change is this. We want them to use this product in this way. For example, we built a mobile app for a financial services company that helps people save for retirement. So one of the outcomes would be, we want people to understand the importance of investing and saving toward their 401k. And we want people to start to feel like they have more control over the decisions they're making with their money. So the outcome needs to help people do that rather than we need these 12 features by the end of the first quarter. Mm. That certainly sounds like a, a different way of working. What are maybe some other different ways of working that organizations, when they're thinking about becoming more digital, digital first, what are some of the other ways in which you help them understand they need to work or they need to adopt in order to be successful and get at those outcomes that you start talking about? There's a lot of challenges they need to overcome around shipping more often, shipping product faster. 
And the baggage there, the obstacles to that are, what if we ship something that's not all the way perfect? So dealing with major brands that have consumer expectations to meet, when there's a conflict between what they're shipping and whether or not it's all the way perfect and what their consumers expect. And we try to get people comfortable with shipping more often, even if it's not all the way perfect, because you learn how it's not perfect from the people that are using it. And then you make improvements and you create a more continuous development cycle to improve. With that comes user insight and understanding user behavior. So it's like digital transformation. It's a phrase that you hear a lot, human-centered design, but not everybody has muscle memory around what that really means and what it really means to understand how your users are using the thing that you put into the world and what their experience is with it and to use that information to make your product better. This is great. You know, talk about how the best companies that you've seen, the ones that have evolved, this notion of learning from customer. And I mean, you, you know, your point around shipping more often and what if it's not perfect? It seems like the bottom line is nothing is ever perfect when it comes out, even if you've uh, right. tried to make it perfect. How have you seen companies best adapt to almost the big and immediate data that is available. You know, it seems to us that a lot of companies just don't use what's even at their disposal right now to tailor what they're doing. The companies that I, I've seen do it best, and we're working with um, an example, we're working with a healthcare organization that owns hospital and clinics in our region. And they've done so much amazing work to transform and become a better digital business. What I see them doing and really embracing with our guidance is bringing the people that they serve into the process from the very beginning. So we run monthly sprints with them and a sprint focuses on a really specific problem along the user journey and figures out how to solve that problem and then makes a plan to go solve it. And it's a healthcare organization, so patients will be in the room and doctors will be in the room and people from operations will be in the room. So when they wanted to tackle online scheduling, they had somebody from operations in the room sprinting with us so that they were bought into that. And then they put things in front of patients as quickly as they possibly can. They put prototypes in front of them and they see how they'll use them and interact with them. And they get those insights and that feedback early and often. You know, it's interesting as you talk about that, I'd be curious in this blend, this notion of cross-functional sprints, bringing customers early in the process. When you talk about doctors and nurses and operations being in the room, you know, it feels like you're one, you're prototyping for a digital type of device or a, an application of sorts. But it also feels like it blends into maybe other areas that are non-digital process or people or training. We've got customer experience professionals. We've got UX user experience or user interface professionals. How are you seeing, if at all, the customer experience and the user experience professionals working together in tandem or thinking beyond just the digital environment? Yeah, it's really interesting. And it's because of the siloed nature of these mm. really big organizations. It's really difficult to do. And I think culture is a really big part of it. So you just need to get people in the room and you need to get people bought in. And I would add compliance to that list because we're working in, in really heavily regulated industries and you can make the most magical thing in the galaxy and compliance can shut it down faster than you can blink an eye because these are all the things that aren't going to fly. 
However, if you bring compliance into the room early and often, and they will help you find a way through it. So we have cross-functional teams on our side, and then we help our clients learn how to build cross-functional teams on their side too. So we'll have marketing and compliance and operations participate in the sprinting process. And then that spreads, that becomes legend within the organization. So people will say things like, when do I get to be in one of these amazing sprints? Because people will talk about their experience and they'll be so excited about the way they've solved the problem. Because at the end of the day, whatever silo you happen to be in, you don't want to create a bad experience for the people you serve. You work at a healthcare organization because you want to help people get better. And you might be constrained by silos that have been created around you, but it doesn't mean that your intention as a human is to make a bad experience. So people actually crave being brought into these cross-functional teams and being removed from the constraints that hold back progress. I was thinking about what's the role of customer experience professionals. People are thinking about kind of the broad experience within the context of this and this notion of co-creation early in the process, cross-functional teams it feels like if you're a customer experience person, even helping create those types of cross-functional environments. And, you know, the other thing that really resonated with me was this notion that the sprints early on with these cross-functional teams coming together to create new experiences, a big piece of that feels like it's being part of something important. Actually, the experience, the employee experience of actually being in that design process early is just absolutely critical. And it helps prevent some of the roadblocks that happen later in an organization. Everybody that has worked in an enterprise level organization has had ideas that get killed like Mm. inside the organization. And I love compliance. I know there was a story years ago about Fidelity doing that, bringing the compliance person in early, sort of like bringing in the department of no. <laughs> you know, which is kind of their role. But if they're brought in early, they're the, we could, how might we do this within the context? And with compliance, there's almost a strategic element to it. Within compliance, there's always a gray area. And what risk are we willing to put up with? It becomes a strategic question in any organization. And there are implications to that. Mm-hmm. One question I had as we're going through this have you seen CX professionals help ensure that? The transformation that an organization wants to make to become more digital by nature isn't just digitizing what they do today, but really helping the organization move forward by bringing that customer focus, by bringing experience focus, that human-centered perspective. We want to become a digital company, which is really just take our manual processes and put them into some sort of technology. Yeah, it's interesting. A lot of companies view digital transformation as infrastructure and without a guiding purpose, how are you deciding what your infrastructure even is? So we worked with a really large Fortune 10 healthcare organization to help them set their CX strategy, Mm -hmm. help them to decide we're declaring that this is how we want it to be for the people we serve. This is across the whole organization and whatever channel your department or your business unit, whatever channel you use to reach them, you have to follow these principles. You know, this has to be true. And from that, you can start to piece together the capabilities that you need to create the right infrastructure to be nimble and to create 
more experiences, better experiences, and to be able to ship more often. Mm -hmm. So an ex example, if I'm in a really complicated organization, let's call it an, an education company, and I have a prospect who is trying to do business with my school, and they have to re-enter their name and tell me who they are every single time they have an interaction with a different part of my ecosystem, mm. I'm doing it wrong. What I need to enable on the back end is data continuity. I need to create an infrastructure that enables me to know them regardless of where they're entering into the system to try to do business with me. So the guiding principle is if you're trying to do business with us, we know things about you already. You don't have to tell me your name over and over. And on the back end, it's I've enabled the systems to know who you are, wherever you end up trying to make contact. As you work with clients, obviously, this idea of working cross-functionally, breaking down silos, creating data, any one of them feels like a daunting challenge that might stop me in my tracks. What is your advice for companies and the customer experience professionals who are listening in? How do you get things going in face of all of these daunting obstacles? Yeah, it is daunting. And my whole job is to help my clients through those obstacles. And that's different at different places. But my advice is always to just start. There isn't a company out there that has time to get all of their strategies in place and create the perfect conditions to become a better digital company. Not to freak everybody out, but you're already behind if you're not digital yet. So the best thing you can do is to just start, as we say here, putting points on the board and gaining mm. evidence and momentum. Pick a piece of your consumer journey that is failing or letting your consumer down and start a project to make it better. And then from that, you can gain the evidence you need that there's a business case behind improving the whole user journey. To do that, you need different systems and you need different capabilities and different technology. And it is a huge daunting task, but I believe that the best way to embark on a digital transformation in, into digital transformation is just to just start making something and prove that it's valuable to your consumer. What would you say to the person who's going to play devil's advocate and say, we got to make sure that we've got a strategy of how we're going to do this. We don't want to have to redo work or go down too far a path that maybe then we can't scale across the business. What do you kind of say to maybe those who might try and slow down the organization other than, hey, get on board, you're already behind? Well, technology has evolved in ways that make it easier to create things in smaller ways and then make them extensible and better over time. So it could be as simple as we're going to create this experience that will integrate with the systems that are already in place. And then over time, we'll figure out how to make it more connective and extensible once we've proven that it works. So and if it's complete experiment, like if you're trying to experiment in emerging technology, you might end up throwing that away anyway. The beauty of digital is it's easier to do that. We're not working on printing mm -hmm. presses here. So yep. it's easier to change and adapt, and it just gets easier every day as digital evolves. Excellent. And that might be a good place for us to leave the conversation now, but pick up in, in another episode to talk a little bit more about how you can start building that 
mindset shift to move away from the big meeting. We got to do everything kind of in one fell swoop versus the, hey, let's learn and continuously do to move us closer and closer. Thanks for joining us today, Ellie. Thanks for having me. And thank you to everyone who joined us in the conversation. For many of you out there involved in various digital transformations in your own organization, we'd love to hear about either some of the challenges you've seen or how you got going in your organization. So please uh, feel free to reach out in the information in the show notes. Uh, you can always reach out to Paul and I via the email there or out on social media. We'd love to hear from you. And thank you, Ellie, for joining us. And we look forward to having you back on to talk more digital transformation, digital thinking, and CX. Sounds great. Thank you. Thank you.